What's the good news, Misfits? We're back for another re-up. For those of you who are new, the re-up is uh, what we like to do when we take vacation. So we work in 90-day increments, and we're off for the month of December. So there's no ep- new episodes coming out for the month of December. So instead, what we like to do is rebroadcast, replay some of the more popular or unique shows from this past season, which was season number two. So today is The Big Rocks. The Big Rocks was a kind of a follow-up to uh, episode number 34 when we talked about how to prioritize uh, your financial goals when you have so many of them. But this one kind of digs more in depth about uh, what the Big Rocks are. If you're not familiar with what the Big Rocks are, talk a little bit about that story. But you can go back to episode number 34 if you want to get the full story about the Big Rocks and all that good stuff. But anyway, this is a rebroadcast. We are on vacation. We'll be back with brand new episodes in January of 2017. So we'll start off the new year with some new stuff. In the meantime, make sure you go over and head over to our website, yourmoneyright.com. Become a misfit. Get on that email list. We will keep in touch and I'll still be emailing and stuff like that throughout the month. Um, But you want to jump on that, get the goodies and also so you can stay abreast of what we're doing. So but anyway, enjoy Big Rocks. You just clicked in to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode number 35. We talk about the big rocks of life. I think you're going to like it. Let's get it. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I'm your host, the money misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 35. And today we're going to continue our conversation we had last week about how to prioritize your financial goals when you have so many. And that's episode number 34. If you have not listened to that episode, you might want to turn this off, go back and listen to that episode because there's some very important things that you'll need to know so you can follow along with this episode. Because today we're going to talk about the big rocks. Again, if you don't know what the big rocks are, you got to go back and listen to episode number 34. And we're going to talk more about the big rocks and where they come from because Though we got a lot of good feedback from last week's episode, it's probably actually one of our most popular episodes to date. Um, also got a lot of questions about, you know, what if I don't really have financial goals at all? I've never even really just thought about how to even write down goals or I don't really know what I want to accomplish. So I got a lot of that stuff. Today won't necessarily be about goal setting, but it'll give you some ideas of what those big rocks in your life uh, will be or could be or even should be in some cases and kind of how I think about those things. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to say welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. I don't know how you found me, but I do appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it applies to real life 
as we can use it as ambitious people, as married couples, as, as parents, as those who want to go to the next level in life, right? I am a uh, 30-something-year-old firefighter with a wife who who manages the home with our three kids, and we do fairly well on just one income, and that to a lot of people is a mystery, and I think it's not the norm anymore these days because we've become so distracted and um, this show was designed to help people get back through that, to navigate through the advice we've gotten from big banks and broke people, because there's something in you. If you're like me, there's something in you that realize that the status quo, the way that we normally do money or we're told to do money just simply does not work. If that is you, you are in the right place. And if you want to find out more about how we do things and what we do with things, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com and join the misfits. Uh, We have a membership site. It is free. And in that site, what we're doing is building an educational platform to help us get through this whole money issue and talk about it. uh, Give real talk about it and talk about how we can apply it to real life, as I said before. So head over to yourmoneyright.com. Become a misfit. Join us as we move this thing together. We got upcoming classes and courses. We got some resources already in there for you. Got the roadmap to getting your money right. So if you ever want to get a roadmap to help you get your money right, head over there and become a misfit for that. Also, if this is your first time listening and you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player. That way you'll never miss another episode. All the episodes will be right there. Uh, You can take it with you on on your phone. You can listen to it on your computer or whatnot. And you can also subscribe by email if you want to when you decide to become a misfit over on our website. So that's that. We're going to get on into it because I'm working on making sure I get into the information quickly because I am known to kind of ramble along uh, quite a bit. But this is the Monday before Halloween. And I got a really big show planned for for next week for Halloween. Um, and it's also going to be maybe the last or maybe the second to last show before the big election. The, the uh, It's going to be Hillary or Trump or, you know, I don't think any third party candidate is going to win it. But <laughs> uh, we'll find out uh, who's going to be the next president of the United States. And it should be a doozy. But next week, I'm going to talk about uh, four things. It's these four things that keep everybody from building wealth. And you're going to want to know about them because it wasn't until I learned these four things that really that I even realized that I was being robbed. So I'll keep that for next week. But anyway, before we get into the meat and potatoes today, let's get in with the quote of the day. And the quote of the day today is actually it's I'm actually kind of cheating because I stole it from last week's episode. I actually said it a few times during last week's episodes. And it's again from a good, uh, mentor of mine who rest in peace is no longer with us um jim Rome, and he says that most people don't do well because they major in the minor things and that is so fitting for today's topic because we want to talk about the big rocks if you not heard the story by stephen covey or stephen covey however you want to say it about uh, priorities and putting the big rocks in the jars first go back and listen to the previous episode and i talk about that story but basically the big rocks in the grand scheme of things are the things that are most important to you in your life. The things that make the largest impact, the things that are harder to fit into your jar. Once you got all a bunch of other stuff already poured into your jar, the gravel, the the sand, the water and all that good stuff. So today we're going to talk about the big rocks in life. And this may be pretty obvious. It's not going to take me a whole lot of time to talk about these things, but maybe I'll give you a different perspective um, that you may not have thought about before. 
uh, or maybe we'll give you some ideas that'll bring back some old thoughts, some old dreams, some old things that you may have had at, at, in, in the back of your mind some point in time and bring it back to the forefront. But basically, it's not very difficult to figure out what the big rocks are in your life, right? Because everybody uh, has their um, has their own dreams, have their own goals, they have their own things they want to do. But there are some things in life that are pretty much stationary for everybody, right? Uh, one of the biggest rocks ever is food and shelter, right? So when it comes to your money and it comes to priorities, food and shelter, <laughs> for the most part, are number one and two. Right on your list. Why? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. But if you don't eat, you don't live. Right. Um, And it's really hard to to enjoy life or even do much in life if you don't have any shelter, if you're just out in the weather. Food and shelter are one of those things that we got to learn how to do when we're kind of pushed out of the nest, so to speak, um, as we become teenagers. A lot of us here in the United States, some people have to learn to do that a lot, even even sooner than their teenage years. Uh, God bless them. Um, but in uh, some people, <laughs> they're in their twenties and they still don't know how to, uh, come up with their own food and shelter, but God bless them too. And hopefully maybe they listen to the show and they'll figure this out for them or figure it or figure it out for themselves. But, um, I hope they do figure it out, but food and shelter, I think are the obvious, uh, big rocks. The thing that I do want to say and talk about when it comes to food and shelter is how we view food and shelter. In this country, in the United States, in Western, uh, in the Western world, so to speak, where we've become so enamored with consumerism and we love luxury and we love the glamour of the culture of of glamour. A lot of times we get these things, these uh, what we call necessities mixed up with luxuries. Right. So when it comes to food and shelter, a lot of people think that when I need food and I can't, I can't, they're thinking lobster, right? But when I'm talking about food, especially at the very base of it, right? When we're just talking about making sure you put that rock in, I'm just talking about having a well-balanced diet. This does not necessarily include you going out and having lobster and shrimp every week or every day or whatever. It's really being able to have the basics in your belly to get your first, you got to take care of the calories, right? You got to have enough calories so you can have enough energy to do the things you need to do, right? To even go to work so you can bring some more income so you can get some more food or even better food. Once you kind of get the whole basic calorie thing down, then you want to talk about and move into getting really healthy things. So I know a lot of people say, well, no, you got to think about health uh, from the jump. And that is true. You do need to think about health. But if you're like me, right, when you started off and you were on your own, and all you had was $40 for the entire month to eat, well, there was no, I wasn't buying kale when I only had $40 for the whole month to eat or go get groceries, right? So so kale and spinach salads and, you know, all that other stuff, that wasn't in my basket, right? What was in my basket was bread, peanut butter, jelly, noodles. I needed calories to survive, right? But that's the first part of that, right? With food, you first, you got to get the calories in. Then once you get the calories in, then you can start thinking more about uh, how you can maximize or optimize uh, your your balanced meals for health wise. Right. And then, of course, there's shelter. And when I say shelter, I mean a roof over your head, a little bit more than a cardboard box. But if you don't have a cardboard box, you at least got to get to that point. Right. Or get under a bridge or whatnot. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not under a bridge. You're probably not living in a cardboard box. But what I want you to be careful of is having that $1,500, 400 square foot uh, apartment 
um, just because you want to be you want to look nice. Right. Or you want to be in a luxury place. Um, if you're just starting off. Right. Or if you are a person who having some financial challenges when it comes to money. One of the biggest problems that I see a lot of people is they get they spend too much money on their housing. Right. And it's not necessarily too much money, but their housing is taking up too much of the the income that they do have. Right. If your housing is taking up 80 percent of what you take home, you're in trouble because you don't have any room for anything else. Even if your housing is taking up 50 percent of what you bring home, you're you're doing yourself an injustice. Now, some places this is not possible. Right. So if you live in a Bay Area, you live in New York, you know, San Francisco, things like that. Sometimes <laughs> the only thing you can get into is like 50 percent of what you're taking home. Right um, now, there are creative ways to get to get your housing costs down. I'm not going to get into that today, but there are creative ways to make sure that you can pay little or even no money when it comes to your housing. Some of y'all may even think about going back home with the parents. I know that sounds crazy, right? Um, especially when we got so much pride and some of y'all already with the parents. And if you are like that, if you're not paying any money for your housing, don't squander this opportunity that you got, right? Utilize that time, maximize that opportunity that you have. Don't go blow all that money uh, because you can, right? Because you quote unquote can't afford it. But I just kind of wanted to talk about that when it comes to food and shelter that these um, when I when I say this, as far as the big rocks are concerned, I don't want you to think about luxury. I want you to think about necessities and your basic sense of safety and your basic sense of well-being when it comes to these things, because if you can master this part, if you can get these because your food and your and your housing are usually your biggest expenses next to taxes. Right. <laughs> Um, they're usually your biggest expenses when it comes to, uh, you know, your your freed up money to do more things. And, and if you can master this part right now and you can get to the point to where your money is making you a ton of money, then you have that situation where you can go then dig into the, the luxuries of things or you can start putting the luxuries once we've taken care of all the other big rocks. Right. So food and shelter are the biggest things. Now, the next thing that are right along the side of those lines is transportation. Now, again, this does not include luxury. Okay. So you want to go get that new Tesla model X, right? It's $130,000 cause you want to be eco-friendly and you want to drive an electric car. Believe me, I want the Tesla too. Right. But here's the situation. It makes no sense for me financially or otherwise for me to go get, spend $130,000 on that Tesla, right? One, because I don't even make $130,000 in a year. But two, it would take up too much of my income for me to do anything else that's really important. And three, I don't need a Tesla to get me from point A to point B. So for most people, transportation, until you become financially secure, financially independent, transportation for the most part, I want you to try to think of it as not as a status symbol. We got to kind of get out of that. It's those status symbols that a lot of times that we're, those statuses that we're trying to live up to, right? That, that glamor, that, that lifestyle that we're trying to live up to that cost us so much of our future because we want other people to feel good about us or we want to feel good about ourselves. But let, me, let me give you a quick uh, newsflash. Nobody cares what you drive, Right. And to the people that care, it doesn't matter to them, right? 
they they don't care what you drive. Okay, now they may celebrate you, right? You come up with that new BMW 7 Series. Look, if you're one of my partners, you pull up to the house, you got you a brand new BMW, you got that 7 Series or whatnot, I'm going to celebrate you, right? I'm like, man, that is clean. We're going to look cool. You're going to look cool. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to be all over the city with you. But I'm also going to be concerned about you if I know you work at McDonald's and you just pulled up in this BMW, right? I'm, I'm going to be concerned, right? Because as a friend, especially the money misfit, I'm really going to be a little bit concerned, right? Because you don't need that for me to like you, for me to respect you. And the people who will like you and respect you because you drive a BMW, those people are only in your life for a very short season, sometimes a short minute or two. And for the most part, they don't really matter. So if you're doing it to impress other people, I want you to kind of think about that for a second, because even when you do, think about this, even when you do get the BMW, right? And even if it's not a BMW, it's something brand new. Some people just like a brand new car, right? They feel good about the brand new car, but the brand new kind of wears off pretty quick. And then before you know it, you're just in another car, right? So I don't want you to squander your future over these temporary highs, right? Some people get high off of drugs. Some people get high off of buying new things. Either way, you're getting high off of something that's temporary. Uh, and it could be, not always, but it could be costing your financial future. Now, those of you who are in professions, right, like sales or you're in any high luxury in, uh, deals where, you, where your car is being seen by your potential clients and stuff like that, I understand it, right? You, you don't want to pull up in some hoopty. You don't want to pull up. You want something that's reliable. You want something that's safe. Um, you want something that that looks respectable. That's different. That's helping you earn more income. But when you're just talking about something that gets you to point A to point B, just be careful. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying don't buy a nice car. I'm just saying be careful. And we're talking about what these big rocks are. And luxury is not a big rock is basically what I'm trying to say. Luxury is the gravel, it's the sand, it's the other things that fill up your jar that prevents you from putting other big rocks in, right? So um, I want to talk about that. Um, Big rock, health and fitness, right? Well, health and fitness is a framework, what I want you to think about. I mean, there's money, you utilize your money to make sure you maintain your health and fitness, right? So we talked about food. Food because you need food to survive, right? You need food to eat. You need the calories to get in there. Now, once you kind of get food out of the way, you, you, you know you have enough. You, you figured it all out, right? Now you want to make sure that you maintain your health and fitness. Why is that the case? Why, why is health and fitness such a big rock? Well, if you're not healthy, you can't earn more money, right? And if you're not healthy, you end up spending all your money trying to get healthy, so it's easier, it's more economical, and the studies show it, it's more economical to spend the money, right, to, you know, let's say, for instance, get a physical trainer or go to a health club or, or buy some dumbbells or, or whatever, right, get you some tennis shoes so you can go on a jog or, or get you a mat so you can do push-ups, whatever the case may be, it's best to invest in your health now than to spend all your health, right, stress yourself out, run your body to the dirt trying to get a bunch of money to only end up later on spending all your money trying to get your health back, right? And in this country, in the United States of America, we don't necessarily have a tendency. Things are changing, right? Um, medicine, uh, people are, are starting to understand that we're becoming over, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say medicine, I don't know. But we're, we're becoming... 
we, we take too many pills for stuff, right? Instead of dealing with the real issue, we take too many pills and things that just deal with the symptoms. We don't really focus too much on health, but that is changing, right? Thanks to Instagram and all the women in the yoga pants and stuff like that. All the women who go get the surgery and they go get their yoga pants and they get on Instagram and all of a sudden they say they're a fitness instructor and stuff like that. So we appreciate y'all. We appreciate what y'all are doing. Uh, because there is now a more of a health consciousness going around. And I'm hoping that people are actually doing it for the right reasons so you can really be healthy and not just try to look healthy, so to speak, which we know some good clothes and some garter belts and some, what do you call them, waist trainers and all that stuff can make you look healthy, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. But I'm going to get off my soapbox on that. But health and fitness, these are big rocks, right? And we kind of touched on this last week uh, in last week's episode, right? Uh, lifestyle design is another big rock. So lifestyle design and these things that I'm talking about aren't necessarily things that you're spending money on. Right. But they're thought processes. Right. So when it comes to your life, when it comes to what you want your life to look like, that's what I mean by lifestyle design. Are you designing your life or are you living your life by default? It's really expensive if you live your life by default. Why? Because when you live your life by default, and we talked about this, it may have been last episode's quote, the episode before that, that if you don't have a plan for your life, you'll end up falling to somebody else's plan. And what they have planned for you is not much, right? So when you don't have your own life, you don't have your own life plan, you're not designing your own lifestyle, you fall under somebody else's lifestyle by default. Uh, So for example, when you don't have a plan for your money, your money ends up disappearing to the person who can sell you the best on whatever that's there, right? So if you have some extra money in your pocket and you don't have a plan for that money and and you go to your favorite store, what will happen is the things that appeal to you the most will get that money and the store will end up getting your money instead of maybe you having another plan for that money that you wanted to do, right? So maybe you wanted to go to Jamaica in another month or so, right? And you found a deal, you get $1,000, you get an all-inclusive deal, right? But for the past two months, you have some extra 500 bucks in your pocket for the, ex- for the last two months. But you didn't have any plan for that money, but that money just gets spent, right? Maybe you went out and you didn't really want to. Maybe you spent some money on liquor you didn't really want to. Maybe maybe somebody came and borrowed some money you really didn't want to give to them. But anyway, that $500 is disappearing out of your life. And then when that opportunity to go to Jamaica for $1,000 come up, You can't go to Jamaica. You can't go get that experience because you didn't have a plan for it because that $500 that you've had the last two months is now gone, right? So now you've missed out on that experience. And I'm not saying that Jamaica is a better experience than going to the liquor store or going out with your friends or whatever, you know, but I'm just saying, me personally, I'd rather go to Jamaica, right? So in that scenario, I'm just trying to paint that picture that maybe it is that you would be better off doing something else with that money. But if you don't have a plan for it, that money just ends up going to wherever it goes to the default status. Right. And default uh, never gives you what you desire. So think about lifestyle design. Right. So what do you want your life to look like? How many hours a week do you want to work? What type of work do you want to do? Um, How much do you want to get paid for that work? What type of impact do you want to have for that work? Do you want to be married? Do you want to have children? Do you want to be single? Do you want to travel the world? Do you want to buy a house? What do you want the house to look like? What type of climate do you want? These are the type of things when I mean when I say lifestyle design. For example, 
before me and my wife got married, I knew I wanted to marry her, but I was working in the night business, right? I was I was a, a managing a, a bar down here in Houston, and I was doing some bartending and stuff like that. I had a bartending company at one time, um, but I wanted to get married. The the problem with that was, I that type of lifestyle was not conducive for marriage, right? Where I was working all types and all all night long throughout the night and I'm surrounded by temptation after temptation and women after women and alcohol and blah, blah, blah. Right. So trying to get my life together, I wanted to get married, but I knew that, um, this would probably not bode well for my life. So I needed to do something else. Now I also had another job at the time because I was single. I was working like a Jamaican. I was hustling, hustling, hustling. Um, but I, I needed to do something else. And I found out uh, about my current career, which is me being a firefighter and the schedule that we have uh, that is available to firefighters. And I had other things I could do. I could continue on my other job that I had, which was in commercial real estate, which paid pretty well. But I didn't like the hours that I worked. Right. So I had to think about what I wanted to do. Is it get more time or a better schedule with less money or get more money and work more? Right. And um or the other, you know, the other thing that I'm doing is with what I got a, uh, less money, but a better schedule. It also would free me up time to start businesses and, and study and do the other things that I want to do in my life. So I decided to that being a firefighter and having the the um, the schedule that I have being a firefighter in the city of Houston was going to be ideal for me. So I designed my life uh, like I wanted, and then I found things that would fit for me, right? Because time to me is more valuable than money, right? I know a lot of people say time is money, money is time, and it's actually not quite true. To me, time is way more valuable than money. So I would rather give up time, or excuse me, I would rather give up money to have more time to do things that I want to do, right? That's just me. If that is you, maybe that's something you need to put on paper and think about that, right? So this is how people get caught with the golden cups in careers, right? So they'll take this uh, management position, right? They'll get a promotion or maybe they'll take a six-figure gig somewhere. But then the six-figure gig requires that you travel the world and they you have to answer the phone whenever your boss calls you, right? To me, it wouldn't be worth it to pay me multiple six figures for me to have to be attached uh, to this phone all the time. So where my boss can call me at any given moment and I got to answer. I don't you can't pay me enough. Right. Um, same thing like with my wife. Right. So my wife, uh, she's our chief home officer. She stays at home. We're partners in our in our business, our podcast deal. We're partners in life. We're partners in parenting. We're just partners in everything. Right. But there is nothing that another man can pay my wife. Right. To take her away from what she does for us and our family being at home. Right. Like there is no job out there that can pay her enough to equal the value that she brings to us, right? As a family, right? So those are the things that I value most, right? So for example, um, when we were pregnant, we're having babies. A lot of times in the first trimester, if you're not married to a woman, if you've never been pregnant or whatnot, uh, there's a whole lot going on in, in, in the body, that first trimester of pregnancy. And so if you do have somebody in your workplace and they're pregnant in their first trimester, give her some grace, right? Give her, give her some break, right? Because there's a whole lot going on in the body in that first trimester and she is tired, 
All right. She is wore out. Not only is she probably nauseated because she got to get up in a crack of dawn. She doesn't get enough protein in her system. So she's nauseated. She's sick. She's probably feeling miserable, but she's also weak and tired because why she's creating a human being. Right. But because we don't really understand that or we don't really value that much as a culture, um, for the most part, moms still got to go to work, right? They got to get up in the morning. If they got other kids, they got to drop those kids off at school or daycare or whatever. Then they still got to go to work and they got to work all day and come home and still do the other things that every other person has to do. Every other adult has to do. But they are actually building a human being in their bodies at the same time and they are wore out and they're tired. Well, that is a lot of stress. One of the things that I didn't want was my wife to have to go do that. Right. So it was a privilege for us to uh, it was easy for us to give up more money so she can sit at home and rest on the couch if she wants to. Right. (laughs) Uh, During a first trimester of pregnancy or the second trimester or third trimester or after, you know, these are the kind of things that we were thinking about when we think about lifestyle design. Right. So I'm just using that as an example, Um, not saying anything else is right or wrong, but just think about what you want your life to look like. Uh, a real good book to read um, that will help a lot of people uh, is uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. Now, I talked about The 4-Hour Workweek before. It's a book by Tim Ferriss, and I'll put this in the show notes. Uh, he talks about, um, you know, uh, uh, for the most part, I think a lot of people want a lot of freedom, right? But he, but they don't know any other way other than go to school, get a good job, work for somebody else, um, and, you know, retire someday. And then, you know, you, then you live your life, Right. But you can actually live your life way before retirement, right? And the four hour work week, you should get that book. It'll help you kind of change the way you think about how you handle your time, how you handle uh, just life in general and lifestyle design. He talks about the concept of the new rich and the new rich is kind of what I consider myself to be people who uh, we have money. Um, not maybe not a ton of it, but we have more time than anything and we can kind of go do the things we want to do. And of course, I'm not exactly where I want to be. Right. But we're headed in that direction. So lifestyle design, I spend a lot of time on that because I think a lot of people are not aware of that concept of being able to design your life because we typically fall into somebody else's default plan that they've had for us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now you're aware that you can do other things. Right. Okay. Um, along the same lines of that is legacy. Think about the legacy you want to leave, uh, when you're gone, right? So when you think about big rocks, think about legacy because that is a large part uh, of life and afterlife, right? Because, you know, what you do in life will determine, uh, what people will say about you and what you leave behind. Um, so big rock, next big rock would be marriage and relationships, right? So think about that. Uh, for us, um, we think about our marriage quite often. And for us, marriage is a huge, huge part. It's probably one of the biggest rocks <laughs> when it comes to our jars, not just financially, but just, uh, um, you know, spiritually, emotionally, um, just as a structure of life in itself. So for us, we, we will spend money on marriage and we would do things on purpose to help our marriage because we understand that marriage is much more than the wedding day, right? And there is no such thing as people who just kind of get together and they just stay connected and happily uh, ever after, you know, without any effort, right? So if you think you're going to be married without any effort or, or, or marriage should be effortless, you are mistaken, right? You are being fooled 
And that can cost you your marriage, which I think is probably the thing that costs most people marriage because they go into it with these delusions of grandeur and they forget that you got to put work into it. It's just like your health. It's just like your fitness. It's just like anything worth having, even having a house. Right. When you buy a house, you got to maintain it. It's the same thing with your marriage. You got a marriage. You got to maintain it, not only maintain it, but you got to improve it over time. Right. It actually does get better over time. Believe it or not, you may be in crazy love right now, but I promise you, if you work on your marriage, it gets better by the day, by the year. I can promise you today that our marriage between me and my wife is much better today than it was day one. Yes, we were in love. Yes, we had. But today is just so much better. There's different reasons why it's better. But today it's so much better because we've worked on it and we continue to work on it. And we don't work on it as much as we want to because there's some challenges when you start having babies, especially you have young kids and stuff like that. But those are the times you really want to focus on your marriage, because a lot of times people get separated or they get frustrated when it comes to children because children demand so much of you. And if you're not careful, you forget that you're that you even have a spouse and you don't want that to happen to you. Uh, so speaking of children, children are the next big rock. Right. So do you want to have children? Right. When you do have children, what do you want to do with those children? Do you want to send them through public school? Do you want to homeschool? Do you want a private school? Do you want them to go to college? If they are going to go to college, are you going to save for college? Right. So if you have children, you know, you want to send your children up the traditional route to have to go to college and you want to be able to pay for college. Then a big rock financially may be to put aside money for college. Right. I personally don't put aside any money for college because Well, that's a whole nother show, but we'll talk about that another time. But if you are going to do that, then uh, those are big rocks. That's not something that you can just do with money left over. You got to make that a priority if that is a priority for you. If you want it to fit, you got to throw the big rock in first. Right. Next big rock, big rock uh, crisis easement, so to speak. There's no such thing as crisis avoidance. But if you can ease life. If you can make your life a little easier when crisis hits, that makes a whole bunch of difference. So what do I mean by that? Right. So like having insurance, as we talked about this last episode, we talked about this on several episodes, but having insurance. Right. So you have your car insurance because if your car gets totaled, you get a new car. Right. You have your homeowner's insurance because if your roof blows off. You can put another roof on it. Right. You have your health insurance because if your leg is blown off. You can maybe get another leg or something. Right. You can at least save your life. Right. Maybe not get another leg. I don't know. But These are crisis moments. Right. But I don't only want you to think about insurance from the perspective of buying insurance from another company. Right. From like, say, a state farm or an all state or or whatever. Right. There is more than just insurance that you purchase from another company. There's also your own personal insurance, things like food insurance, right? So um, let's say there's a hurricane or maybe there's a massive power outage, right, uh, in your city. And you go to the grocery stores and the cupboards are bare. Maybe there's a riot, anything like that. Right. And don't think it can't happen to you because it can happen to you. This thing happens to people on a regular basis. And here's another hint. The economy is getting ready to stagnate for the next few years. We may have another crash. Uh, well, we know we will have another crash. The, the question is when. Right. Uh, But the next one will probably be bigger than the last one, because that's usually how they work. And if you understand our monetary policy and how money works today, you understand that the next crash is going to be pretty hard. Right. But anyway, there's terrorist acts. There's all types of things. Right. Where you can get in a situation where you're without power. 
Um, you're without ability to get to you without gas. You're out ability to get on a plane and fly away. These things happen. Right. So do you have any food in your cupboard? Right. So something like that may be crisis easement. Right. So you can ease that crisis. Right. Um, do you have it? Maybe there's going to be a zombie apocalypse. Right. Do you have guns? Do you have bullets? Yada, yada, yada. Look, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. Right. But it could happen. Right. What if it does happen? What if there is a riot in your neighborhood? How do you protect yourself? How do you protect your stuff? What if you didn't know it was coming? Right. Uh, these things happen all the time where people are in a situation where they need to protect themselves. Do you even have batteries for a flashlight? Right. Do you have a strategy for uh, if the water system is contaminated? Do you have a strategy for uh, there's a hurricane that knocks out the power for a week or two weeks or a month? Right. It happens a lot. A lot of people, especially if you live up north, you've been through a snowstorm. Right. Um, I don't know nothing about that because me and snow, we don't we don't connect very well. So I stay away from it. But I've heard Right. That you can have these snowstorms that can lock you in your house for a day or two or, or a few days. Right. Uh, and then a lot of times it can knock the power out. You know, those of you who've been through that, you're probably already prepared. You got your kerosene lamps. You got your you got your stoves. You got your ovens, you know, things like that. Uh, those of us who haven't been through things like that, if you are going to be in that environment. Or maybe you have getting hit by a tornado or a hurricane when Ike came through Houston. I know at least me, we were out power, I think, like a week and a half. Right. Do you do you know how to survive through that stuff? Right. Do you what do, what do you do? What do you do if you have small children and you go through that situation? What are you doing to help you get through that crisis? We talked about something like a flat tire on the side of the road. Right. To some people, that's a crisis. If a tire costs one hundred dollars and you ain't got one hundred dollars. Well, it's now a crisis. Right. So those are the things to think about. These are big rocks that you want to put in place. Uh, security for yourself, security for your home. Right. Um do you have locks on your doors? <laughs> uh, I know that sounds silly, but do you, right? Um, do you have an alarm system? Even before you put an alarm system in, do you have a way to fortify your home? Um, do you have a way to protect your home when you're not there, right? These are some things that I think about that maybe you should think about that a lot of people don't necessarily tell you about, uh, but they're important things, right? Um, next big rock, cash flow planning, Cash flow optimization, right? Do you have a plan to handle the cash that does come in, right? That's a big rock. Now, it doesn't cost you any money, or maybe it will cost you some money, right? So you can maybe go sit down with a financial advisor uh, or somebody like that uh, that can help you write out a a good financial plan for yourself. Um, Financial advisors go from free to thousands of dollars. Just depends on what you're looking for, right? Usually if they're doing something for free, they want to sell you something. That's how they make their money. Nobody does anything completely for free. Um, Except me, I'm doing this podcast for free, but I'm going to figure out a way to make some money on this thing one day. Maybe you can pay me. I'll come and sit down and help you do a cash flow plan. How about that? But a good cash flow plan, a way to, to manage your money as it comes in, and also a way to optimize your cash flow so uh, that you get the most out of every single dollar. And that's a lot of what we talk about here. And one thing that I just hope that people can focus on and get from talking about, uh, get from this show as we talk about money. Um, income production. Okay, this is a really big rock. Um, not a lot of people talk about it enough. We talk a lot about optimizing our money or at least um, 
cutting out unnecessary expenses. We talk a lot about getting discounts. You hear a lot of people talk about couponing. You hear a lot of people talk about you shouldn't drink the latte because it's four dollars a day, and that can, you know if you if you compound that over thirty years, you can have four hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars and blah blah blah. But what about income production? That's a big rock, and sometimes that takes spending some money, right? So when it comes to the amount of money, right? It could be a little bit, it could be a lot, but that's a big rock that you want to put in your jar, right? Because what what can you spend money to help you with income production? Well, uh, going to school, right, is one thing that we all can relate to. Go to school, you get a degree, you get uh, you get an education, um, you spend a lot of money to get a degree so you can make income, right? That's income, that's an expense that's related to income production. We talk about... Uh, we talked earlier about your transportation, right? That's money you spend to produce income. Well, hopefully, hopefully you're doing it to so you can go to go to work or go find a way to produce some more income. But those are the things that you do to produce income. Um, not only do we do traditional education, but non-traditional education. What type of courses can you take online uh, that can help you produce income? Um, starting a business. This is a income producing expense, right? If you can invest in your own business, right, uh, you learn how to produce income for yourself and for your family and maybe even others as you continue to hire people and your business grows and stuff like that. These are big rocks because here's the situation. And let me talk about this now. I think it's a good place to talk about Um, the traditional routes that we've been taught to do money are dying. Okay, Um, now they're. There's still a lot of people that tells you, go to school, get an education, get a good job, retire, blah, 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 right? I'm not saying don't do those things, right? But here's what I'm teaching my children, and I'm teaching you, right? That, yes, you do go to school. Yes, you do get an education. Yes, you do get a job if that's the way you know how to earn income because it's one of the easiest ways how to earn income, but you don't stop there, right? Jobs are temporary, right? You get a job, you start a business, or you learn to invest for more income so you can become financially secure, right? At the very minimum, we don't even talk about retirement. Now, if retirement is still the thing that you want to do, you keep going at it. I'm not telling people not to save for retirement, but what I'm telling you is maybe you can change or tweak that a little bit. Instead of saving for retirement, you're saving and you're investing for financial security, right? What's financial security? We talked about this uh, several, several episodes before. We talked about it a little bit last episode. But financial security is when your investments and your businesses, your assets are throwing off enough money to where you don't have to work for money to cover your necessities, right? I put a show, I put a note, a link to the show that we talked about the, the stages up to financial freedom, right? And we talk about that. But financial security is one of the very first ones when it comes to uh, having to disconnect you trading time for dollars, right? Um, and then the next one after financial security is financial uh, independence and there's financial freedom, right? So a lot of people, when they say, oh, I just want somebody who's financially secure, what they think about when financial security, they think about that they have a job that pays them enough income to take care of their lifestyle. Well, that may be financial stability, 
right? But that's not necessarily financial security because the person you're working for can lay you off at any moment, right? There's no such thing as a secure job anymore, right? We've kind of, we're kind of transitioning from that old economy where you can work for some place, for some, one single place for 30 or 40 years to where now the economy is becoming more of where well, you're going to only work for a place maybe a few years before you move on to the next place, right? And companies are downsizing uh, con- consistently. They're always looking to optimize for profit. So a lot of times um, they can't afford to keep you for 30 years because they got to keep playing. You keep giving you raises and stuff like that. Even if they are going to keep you that long, they probably won't be giving you raises as inflation goes up. Right. So, so those days of getting the regular cost of living increases and stuff like that, those things we're starting to see change. Right. We're also starting to see more of a move back to entrepreneurism and back to freelancing. And I want everybody to start thinking about that. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, this whole middle class thing is an experiment. It's an American experiment uh, that is very short, right, in life. It's less than 100 years old that we've actually had a quote unquote middle class, right? So this experiment we're starting to see is ending. But before you had this middle class, what you had is people who had a craft and they either sold and traded and bartered. Uh, to get the things they want. So you had somebody in your community who made the honey. You had somebody in the community who made, who was the, uh, you know, who, who made the, the, the swords or whatever. If you want to talk back to medieval time, you had somebody in the community who was, uh, a lot of people were farmers, right? But you had people in communities that did certain things, right? That was kind of your deal. You were the butcher, you were the candlestick maker, <laughs> you know, you're all those things, right? Uh, you're the baker. And I think what's happening um, and it's just me speculating, looking at what I see is there's more of a trend going back to people utilizing their skills to uh, to create their own livings for themselves and their families. Right. So I think this thing of going out and getting a job and depending on that job and depending on that person to hire you to take care of you through retirement, it's over. We at least know the part of them taking care of you through retirement is over, right? Because the pensions and stuff have pretty much gone to the wayside. Even in the fire department, uh, they're after our pension and then likely and they're likely going to get it. Right. So before you had somebody who knew what they do, what they were doing, taking care of your retirement. Now they want you to take care of your retirement, but they want you to give it to people who you don't even know and they're doing God knows what with your money and you're just hoping that the money will be there for you when you're done. Here's the other th- reason why I think that type of uh, that type of, of lifestyle is dying off is because we're living longer, right? I talk about this in the history of retirement before um, that retirement is also new, right? And even Social Security. Social Security came about you know, and you would be eligible at it for the age of 60 or 65 or whatever it was, but you're only expected to live until you're 65. Now you're expected to live to 85. Those of us that are in our 30s now, we're going to be living to our hundreds, right? So the old concept of retirement, right, at the age of 65 is not going to work for us. Why? Because if you retire at 65 and say you got a million dollars, well, you got to live for another 35 years before you hit 100. That the math doesn't add up in any way, any scenario. Right. So for us to be living, to be working at a job or at least trying to hold on to a job 
and retire at the age of 65 and hopefully we die before we run out of money is suicide, right? You're asking for trouble. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that's my perspective and just just to think about it. So instead of saving for retirement, maybe we should start thinking about, and this is what I'm crusading on, is we stop thinking about retirement and start thinking about financial independence, start thinking about financial security, and start thinking about doing work that matters, work that we love to do, work that we can put our hands on and work that we can work on through till whenever, until we just can't work anymore, right? And that we do work-life, not work-life balance, but work-life integration, where we're integrating our work with our lifestyle, right? So we don't have to worry about these this uh, arbitrary day and these arbitrary numbers that we need to put up in a nest egg and hope that it's enough uh, when it's time to retire. So I hope that makes sense. I didn't mean to, to ramble on about that that long, but <laughs> but that's something. Income production is something that I want to think about. Um, and along those lines, I have written next here is career development, which is along those same lines, right? So uh, no matter what career you're in right now, think about getting the most out of that career, right? Because your income is your your largest wealth building asset, right? So I'm not telling anybody to quit their jobs, but what I'm saying is maximize what you have, get the most income out of it so you can turn around and start a business, so you can turn around and invest that money properly, educate yourself on how to do that. And so uh, you're not, you're getting the most out of the time that you are spending in your career. And maybe you're in a career that you know you're not abs- you're not gonna wanna be in, right? Well, now it's time to start thinking about Uh, the big rock of utilizing your income to help you change careers, to help you educate yourself uh, so you can make a pivot, right? Help educate yourself so you can start a business, help educate yourself so you can get the extra uh, certifications or the extra education that you need to move up within your your current career. So career development is a huge rock, right? And I don't think enough people talk about it, but it's something that we need to really kind of think about even today, even if you're making a good amount of income today, right? Say you're making 100000 200000 300000 right? Let's talk about how to double that, right? Because you could do a whole lot more for other people. If you're doing great with what you have, think about how much more you can do if you double your money, right? Think how much more people you can help. Think how much more productive you can be if you double your money. So don't stop, right? Don't ever stop, right? Because if you're if you're growing, if you're not growing, you're dying. There's no such thing as staying still. Right. Because one, let me say this, that the cost of living is going to continue to go up. Right. The cost of things are going to continue to go up. It is the only way our government is going to be able to pay for all the debts that we have is to increase the cost of living. If you don't understand that, stay tuned. I'm going to talk about that in the next episode and uh, following episodes after that. But just understand that the only way that we're going to get out of the debt we're going to get out is to increase the cost of living through inflation. Right. That's that's the only way that's going to happen. Right. There may be another way, but we'll talk about that in future, future episodes. But uh, go to the next level. Go to the next stage. Show other people that it's possible. Right. Because there are people who look like you are waiting on you to go to the next level. There's people who relate with you, who think like you, who look up to you, who are looking for your permission, right? They're looking for permission to be great. So give them that permission. Give them permission to be great by you being great, right? That's how people know it's possible for them because they've seen somebody else do it, 
right? If you have children, they don't care what you say, but they do care about what you do, right? Because you can talk to them till their face turns blue, right? But what's going to be the most impact is what you do with your life. So don't turn around and tell your child that you can be anything you put your mind to, but then you don't put your mind anything because you're afraid because you can't do it, right? Go out and do it, right? Remember how I said we're going to be living a whole lot longer? If you're 30, 40 years old now, you could start a whole nother two or three careers before it's time for you to tap out, especially if you're thinking about your health. We're going to be 60 years old, still being able to run around and lift weights and do great things. The old 60 years old was in a wheelchair. That's not going to be the case for us, right? So if you're only 30 years old, if you're only 40 years old, you got a whole lot of life ahead of you, right? So don't quit. Don't give up now. People are looking for you to be great. So go do it because they want to be great. Give them permission to do that. Don't be selfish. All right. Uh, next big rock is debt. Right. So finding use, utilizing that money to pay down debt. Now, uh, I've touched on debt a little bit and I'm just going to touch on it again today. I'll do a whole episode, maybe a whole series on debt. But the biggest issue with debt is not debt itself, but it's what that debt is costing you. Right. If you're paying a thousand dollars a month in debt payments and you don't have to be stick about what you could do with that extra thousand dollars a month. Get rid of it. Right. Pay it down. Don't get all crazy with it. I'm not again. I'm not one that says you need to worship at the altar of debt. Get angry at it and all that stuff. Find a plan. Pay it off. Get it paid off. Right. Don't let it stress you out. Just just get it paid off. Right. Because debt is money that you could be being a whole lot more productive for. And it's really it's really you just paying for something that your old you has decided to finance. Right. And, you know, you want to get rid of that. Now, there are good and bad debts. But for the most part, if it's on a credit card, if it's for a car, if it's for a student loan, you know, those type of things, just get rid of it. Just free up that cash flow because that's that's the name of the game. Right. That cash flow that you got coming in that allows you to do more things. Right. So that's what we want to do is is utilize that. Uh, and, and you could pay the minimums and then find a little bit of extra, whatever you can do. Right. So you can add an extra hundred dollars, extra thousand dollars, extra $2,000, whatever it is, find you a number, set it up, then pay off that first debt. Take that amount of money that you were paying towards that first debt and then take that and pay to the next one. And then you keep snowballing it on down and we'll do another detailed uh, show about that one day, um, about how I, think you should pay off debt and how it's different than most that you've heard all right uh ongoing education and skill development i've kind of touched on this already you got to keep learning you got to keep educating yourself you got to keep going to the next level especially now it's so cheap to get education you got google yeah you got stuff like this podcast you got all these schools if you didn't listen to that episode about uh how to uh um, what's the name of the episode the episode i did about uh education right how to continue your education for free, right? Go back and find that episode. I'll put it in the show notes um, so you don't have to go searching for it. But if you go to the show notes, it'll be there. I even put a guide in that show. It's a PDF download you can download. It shows you all the places that you can get free education, right? Get free ongoing education. You get certificates. You can even uh, learn how to do all kinds of things. You can learn to be an accountant. You can learn to code. You can learn to do all these things, all these skills that you're going to need for the new economy, for the future, right? So always be educating yourself. Always be getting better. Always be getting smarter. 
I already know you'll do that because you're listening to the show. Uh, just because nobody who listens to this show, listen to me ramble on this long, are people who are going to be stagnant in life. Those who are listening to stuff like this are going to be winners, period, dot, the end. Everybody else are going to be fully equipped for a world that doesn't exist anymore. So um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, and also skill development, get you some new skills. Always be getting 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 new skills. Big rock. Next big rock. Uh, I think we talked about it starting a business. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but start a business, right? Um, a lot of people say entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. I'm going to disagree with you on that if that is your thought process because you're already an entrepreneur, but that's probably enough for another show. Big rock number, I don't know what number it is, but the next big rock is balling, right? I talked about this before. Me and my wife, we have what we call a baller bucket. It's a certain amount, percentage amount that we set aside every month so we can go enjoy the good life. Right. Uh, we do this because it's important to experience life. There's one thing to have experience in life, but there's another thing to have experiences in life. Right. So we want to have those experiences that make us feel rich, to make us feel like ballers, to make us feel like what we're doing uh, is for something because you have to do it. Right. You got to enjoy life because life is short. One of the things that I get, get the privilege of every day when I go to work uh, is, is some people won't call it a privilege, but I'm always in left life or death situations, right? People dial 911, people call the fire department, people call a paramedic when it's a life and death situation. Well, most of the time. Some people call because they have a headache or they stub their toe, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, so when I go to work, people die, right? Or they are about to die and I have a chance to help them survive that moment. Or they'll not, maybe not gonna die, but they're gonna lose their home in a fire or something like that. Look, life is short, right? So that's basically what I'm trying to say. Life is short. Even at its longest, life is short. Okay? So don't go through life depriving yourself of of living it. Right? Depriving yourself of experiencing the best that life has to offer. Go out and do that. And put your money where your mouth is. Right? Put your money where your intentions are. That's a big rock. At least for us. May not be for you. If you're only making $500 a month, then, you know, maybe you can only spend a dollar on balling, right? When we first started, that's all we could do. We had to go to Redbox, right? But uh, we'd have a few dollars. So we would go in and we get some popcorn and we get some candy. Uh, we get those, those chocolate covered pretzels. And, you know, I love my gummy worms and stuff like that. So we'd only have $5 when we first started off. But it made us feel good, right? So we're not talking about a bunch of money. Right. But you got to do something that makes you feel good to make it feel like it's worth it. Right. It doesn't even have to cost any money. Maybe you go to the park. Maybe, maybe you take your kids to free concerts and stuff, especially if you live in a city, uh, a, a very culturally diverse, a very artsy city like Houston, where there's all these things to do for free. You know, uh, you don't necessarily have to spend any money You have to spend some gas money. Right. But, you know, either way, you have it set aside to go do that. Uh, and then probably one of the biggest rocks that get overlooked a lot is giving. Uh, it's, it's, it's contributing, right? It's making the world a better place. I heard somebody say this to me one time and it stuck with me and it's no matter where you go, you always want to try to make it better than how you found it. Right? So even if I go to hotel rooms and stuff, right? I clean up after myself. I try to make it look 
good. At least it, <laughs> a lot of times the hotel room would be looking pristine. So I ain't gonna lie about, about, you know, me making up every bed and stuff like that. But I try to clean things up. I try to make it neat. I try to make it a little better for the lady or the man that's going to come in there and clean it behind me. Right. When I go places, if I see trash on the ground, I pick it up. Right. Um, not only that is we do give we tithe because, you know, I've talked about why we tithe several times on this show. And if you're not a believer and you don't tithe, um, at least give because it's good for your soul. Right. No matter what you do believe in, you understand if you believe in karma. Right. Part of karma is you give money. It'll come back to you. Right. Even if you don't believe in any type of God or any type of creation, if you believe in science, right, even science tells us that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right. So (laughs) give. Right. Give of yourself. Contribute to the greater good of of the world. And uh, and I think you will find that life will return uh, that uh, that favor back to you no matter what. And that is a big rock. Right. Don't let life don't let distractions steal your ability to contribute and to give because it's a big rock. If you don't put that in first, you may not get you may not put it in at all. Right. So. Hope that was helpful. Right. I've been rambling on for quite some time. Uh, this is really just an extension or a continuation of the last episode. And wow, I didn't realize I had been talking this long. It's a long episode. Right. Just me babbling on. But hopefully it was helpful. And hopefully it it opened your eyes to some things. Maybe it gave you some perspective that maybe you didn't have before. And maybe you've heard me say some of this stuff before and I bored you to death. That's okay. I do appreciate you sticking with me this long on the episode. But real talk, if you felt like this was helpful for you, let me know. Tell me about it. Leave us a rating and review. Right. If you just search in your podcast player for Get your money right. You'll see the show will pop up. There's going to be a little tab there under once you collect, select our show. There's a tab under review. Leave us a rating and review. Let us know. And share this with somebody who you think is who can benefit from this. Right. Maybe you want to share the last episode so they can start there. Or just share this one. Just hit the little share button right there on your phone and let people know about it. I really believe that we're getting better with money because we're talking about money. And I believe that. Not because I started off to do this, but people are calling me. People are texting me. People are sending me emails. Say, man, I appreciate it. Just because we're talking about it, they're doing better with their income. Just because we're talking about it and it's on their mind, they're finding money. Just because we're talking about it, we got single moms who had no idea what they were going to do to to pay their rent the next month, to getting new jobs, to finding new money, to buying new cars, to doing all kinds of amazing things. And it really just blesses my heart to hear these stories, right? So let's keep sharing this. Let's keep talking about it. Let's keep this thing moving. Next week, I get into a really important topic. It's the four things that keep us from building wealth that they don't tell us about, right? You need to know about them. If you don't know about them, you can't do anything about them. And if you can't do anything about them, they just steal your wealth. And we're going to make sure that doesn't happen. So make sure you subscribe to the show. Tune in. If you're not a misfit, what are you waiting on? Head over to yourmoneyright.com. Click on become a misfit. 
go back through the roadmap to getting your money right. It's in the back office. Join the community. Ask questions. Let's do this thing. I'm so excited about next week. I'm so excited about the next month. I'm so excited about the rest of the year. I'm so excited about 2017. 2016 ain't over yet, but right now is the time you want to start thinking about what you want 2017 to look like. I know it's like, dang, it's early, but no. This is the time that winners start thinking about winning, right? Way in advance, right? Belichick is already getting ready for the Super Bowl, right? I promise you that because I read a story, okay? So we can do the same thing. Let's finish out this year strong. Let's have a profit. Remember, we want to think about our personal finance like we would think about a business, right? You want to have a profit at the end of the year. Don't go through the end of this year, and if you made $40,000, you spent $40,000. Or worse, you spent $45,000, right? So let's do that. Anyway, I'm going to get off this thing. Thank you so much for listening. I really, truly do appreciate you. I love you, and God bless. Yes, and P.S. We're talking about money